Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, some good news. Uh, officially, I am up to 100 plays weekly on average now. Um, so that's kind of big news. Um, yeah, pretty excited about that. It's not a lot, but making it. And improvements. It's all that matters. It's, uh, all that matters. Progress, right? Um, so what do I got in store for you guys today? Same as usual, always, right? Nothing. That's what you guys like about me, you right? Uh, same thing. Every single time, you know what you're going to get. No variations. Very, very boring. No, I'm just kidding. Right, way to sell myself, right? Can you imagine? I'm like, you're really going to... You're going to hate your timer with me. You're going to be counting the, the seconds. Um, <clears throat> no, but I do like to think of myself a little bit progressive. Um, you know, I am actually, I'm in a, I'm in an interracial relationship. Um, yeah, I'm dating a white girl. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am white. Uh, well, not really, but I, I am, but my mom's half Mexican. So it's like one of those things. My dad's just very white. <laughs> He's Irish German and my mom's Mexican and Italian. Um, my sisters don't look anything like me. Uh, they, they look like my mom and my two sisters and then me and my one other sister and my dad, it looks like, like if the Brady Bunch were done in 2021, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not even kidding you. Like my sister's. Pretty tan, like natural tan, same with my mom. My dad, me, and my older sister, pasty as hell. Like, if we stand next to each other, it kind of looks like you would think like two random families just ran into each other on a street. That's what it would look like. Um, but honestly, it would look like that. Uh, the Brady Bunch analogy is probably best. It It would honestly look like the Brady Bunch done in 2021, like really progressive, like Mexican family meets a white family, interracial family. That's my family. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. Like normally the family, I feel like when you have somebody who has, uh, like great example, one of my best friends, or I don't want to say best friend. He's a cool guy, but not a best friend. His mom and dad, kind of his parents, same situation, but they're all, they all look alike. Like the mom is the only one that's white. They all look Mexican. Where my family, it does not look like that. It's very odd. Um, very very fifty fifty. 
Um, something else that kind of was weird is so I was taking Lindsay's dog out, a little trash dog, um, little dumpster dog. Uh, I was taking him out to go to the bathroom, and it's just kind of funny when you see dogs like interact with each other. You know, they have their own little personalities and stuff. He gets really riled up. Like, he gets very puff in his chest. You hear him huff a lot. And he, because he's part Chihuahua. So you can see it because he he looks like how every Chihuahua thinks they look because he's a Chihuahua shepherd mix. So he's, he looks like a giant Chihuahua. And he's like how every Chihuahua thinks they are. They think how big they are. Um, So he gets real huffy, but like, it's funny, like, you'll see do- him and, you know, other dogs in general, too. You'll see him, like, when they're going to the bathroom, like, walk around, and then they'll be smelling things nonstop, which is pretty normal, but I'm always curious, like, what's going on in their head when they're, like, smelling things, and then you'll see them wag, the wag their tail and then just stop, and then they'll <laughs> start wagging it again. You're like, what's going on? Is it, like... Are dogs, like, telling jokes with their pee or something? Like, what's going on? They're like, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. What did this guy say? Mm, Not much. Not very funny. On to the next guy. And then they start wagging their tail again. Like, what's going on in their head? Um, I wonder if they can, like, tell personalities through that. Like, I wonder if... uh, Or smelling each other. Uh, Like, when they're smelling each other, like, oh... This guy, look at him. This guy chews walls. <laughs> yeah, he's getting smacked a lot, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that guy's a runner. He likes to go under the fence. <laughs> Man, what's it like, huh? Do you think they swap stories? They're like, ah. Uh, you like you just like burying, like getting under the fence or something? Like, what's the deal? You're like, eh, you know. It's fun to me. Make my owners chase me. And generally... They have to, generally, like, they always bring, like, a piece of meat. So, you know, it's like I I escape, and then I'm like, fuck yeah, some ham. This is great. Um, something else I kind of thought of the other day is, you know, everybody, I think, <clears throat> I think it's kind of normal. Everyone thinks about, you know, oh, man, if you had, like, a time machine or if you could go back in time or even in the future, like, what would you do? Um, and I was thinking, I was like, well, it's like narrow that, like, what if we had a time machine, but like you were only allowed to go back and tell yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? And so a lot of people feel like they had, you know, weird times in like junior high. I definitely had that, uh, Definitely had my weird junior high phase, but, you know, when I was, like, after graduated, I think that's always just a weird time for a guy because you're an adult, you feel like a badass, you feel like you you know a lot, but you know dick about the world. Um, so I was, like, trying out new styles. I would definitely go back in time to when I was, like, 20, and I did this, like, long hair, messy look, and I would just be like, hey, man. You know, I think, look, hey, hey, I know, I, hey, I saw Charlie St. Cloud too. Look, Zach Efron's hair was amazing in it, but you're not Zach Efron. First of all, 
you have you don't have a six pack. He's tan. He looks closer to your parents and <laughs> your mom and sisters in relation than you do. So he can pull it off. Have you seen his jawline? Yeah, I mean, the man could cut glass. So, you know, just tighten it up a little bit. Like, it's not going to work. And it didn't work. Um, so that would be my advice to myself because I think that's where I would use that bullet. I would just be like, look, man, it's going to save you a couple of years. And uh, it, 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 it would. I think I would have been in a better place. Uh probably would have gotten through community college in three years instead of four. So anyways, per usual folks, per usual, what did I do else? Um, Well, I guess I'll just stick with the per-usual rant I was going to say. Merch, teespring.com. If you go to Trost Talk uh, or Kyle Trost, you should be able to buy one. Uh, If not, it's on my Instagram page. I have a link in my bio. Uh, I personally like the white shirt better. A lot of people buy the black one. Um, I think because it makes people think it makes the background look better. Uh, and like kind of more out of spacey look. Uh, personally, I like the white because it makes the logo pop even more. And I fucking love my logo. Uh, always per usual. Uh, Nico the Freak Show. Dude, guys, please, if you learn anything, you just want a logo done for any reason, graphic design stuff, go to him. Um, subscribe to the show. I'm available on all platforms. Spotify... SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. What else? What else? Subscribe to my Instagram. Or subscribe. Follow me on Instagram uh, at Trost Talk. Um. All right. So let's just hop into it. Euros. Um. Uh, wow. What a what a fucking ending. Um. A lot of action in the last two days. Um, you know, last podcast I did, it was right before the Belgium and Denmark game. I gave my opinions on that. Belgium did pretty much what I thought they would do. Um, you know, pretty solid two nothing win. Uh, what, you know, not much really to talk about there. Uh, what blew me away was Denmark for one. I, you know, it, I guess this was my opinion was not that Denmark. I thought really was didn't come down to Denmark being bad. I mean, it was just, they had a lot go on emotionally for them. And then, you know, their one of their star players goes down and in a dramatic fashion too. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it was, he rolled his ankle. Now they're out with their best player. Like, you know, it was a very serious thing. And, um, you know, that, that takes a lot out of you emotionally, and then you lose that game, and then you lose your second game, and, you know, you, you who would blame them for hanging it up? Now, they did have a fighting chance, and they fucking took it, and they took the bull by the horns, um, and, you know, they willed themselves in the round of 16, and nothing but, nothing but uh, congratulations to them, and 
man, am I happy for them. That That's just what a turnaround. And uh, congrats to Denmark. They played well. They just, from start to finish, just attacked. Um, had a lot of the possession of the ball. They just dominated from start to finish. And score showed other showed it too. So um, congrats to them. Um, and then we had, excuse me. And then we had um, on God, what days were they? I want to. I don't want to get them wrong. I believe it was Friday. Uh, no, 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 Tuesday. Um, I don't know why I said Friday. Uh, Czech Republic, England, one nothing, England. <laughs> Whoa, settled down. Whoa, guys, don't get. Wow. Here's the thing. Czech even out like had more shot attempts than England. And England held had 60% of the ball. Had 60% of the possession and they the Czechs still had more shots on goal. Uh I think less on tar- target but not by much like by one. I think it was like 3 or 4 or something. Um and obviously the one goal by England, you know. It's like great but it's I they're just Maybe it's just me, but it, because they're not blowing teams out or they're not getting more than one goal, but they just don't look threatening. They 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 don't. But I mean, then you know, I'm like, well, hey, you know, they're they're moved on top of their group. Two wins, one draw, didn't lose. You know, maybe that's just me, and I'm just you know, I'm just you know in my fucking bag about England, but I just don't, I think they're disappointing more than, I think they're, I think people are worried and they know it's not a, what what they did wasn't like convincing. Now, <clears throat> uh, congrats to them for moving on. I mean, big, they did win. They got the job done, what they had to do. Um, here's the other thing, Croatia. Uh, big win, three to one over Scotland, got them into the next round. Um, I didn't think they were capable of three goals, much like England. I think they struggle severely with getting, uh, where their goal, like knowing where their goals are going to come from. I think they're like Luka Maldrick had an incredible shot outside the box, outside foot and just great curler. You're depending on that to get you a goal. How many of those are going to happen throughout the tournament? You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I, I obviously think that him and, uh, Kovacic in the, uh, middle, and I know I probably mispronounced his name, but I loved him on Real Madrid when Real Madrid had that three-peat. I thought he was remarkable. I think he is an incredible player. I think he's incredibly underrated. Um, he and Luca in the middle, it's a great midfield, uh, I would say internationally, probably some, probably up there in the be- one of the better middle midfields, uh, top three for sure. France with Conte and Pogba in the middle is kind of hard to beat, but um, you know, f- uh, congrats to, to Croatia. Don't worry, folks. I will be previewing the round of sixteen. Just kind of want to review the, what we had uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, now I- I'm just going to get into the Wednesday ones because these were <laughs> were kind of insane and dramatic. 
Um, you had Sweden taking an early two nothing lead, which didn't surprise me. I thought is how it would go. Um, I, I thought Sweden from day one. I know they drew with Spain, but they just looked to me when they were they were bringing the ball up. They just looked good. They looked like they just you know they weren't threatened or intimidated by Spain. They were playing with them. They were playing confident. They were getting the ball up. Um, they were attacking. They weren't just sitting back and just you know a lot of times you see especially in international play when these teams are lopsided, you'll see people just park the bus and then counter. I mean, Sweden wasn't really looking to do that. It's hard, you know, I know Spain had a lot of possession, but that's just because that's how Spain plays. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, like, I'll be honest, I thought Spain, or uh, in that Sweden-Spain game, I thought Sweden had more threatening looks than Spain did, and Spain had a lot of the ball. Um, and then Poland, a.k.a. Louis Dowski... Uh, I know that's not how you say his name, but uh, Ludowski, he makes a miracle comeback out of nowhere, in my opinion. Uh, Poland didn't look really threatening other than that double header miss that they had at all throughout the game. Uh, <clears throat> Poland fought back well, honorably. They did well. I mean, obviously they were, and then they just started trying to put it on him when they tied it. But then, obviously, uh, congratulations to Sweden. Big play. Um, it was a great. The whole thing about it was just a great, great goal. Uh, great goal. Great goal. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think Sweden is. Uh, they look threatening. I think they're. You sh whoever gets them, um, is going to be. In, whoever gets them in elimination rounds is going to be. They should be a little nervous. They don't be confident. Thinking you just got an easy game. Okay, what else? What else? And then Spain, Sweden. First of all, two goals, own goals. One of them a horrific. <laughs> one of them, one of them just like such a bad own goal. You just laugh. Um, you know, I, I, if they're if you're saying, ah, see, Kyle look looks like they solved their problem of where they're going to get their goals from. Did they though, or is this just kind of like a game where they had a one off where? They had a lot of things go their way, and they played well. Slovakia, after that own goal, just looked. I mean, can we all? I, I'm not. I'm no. I'm not a professional soccer player, but can we all just admit that we can understand body language of people? And after that own goal, Slovakia looked like everybody had a, a ten pound weight dragging to them. Um. So yeah, uh, I mean, congrats to Spain. It was a good good game. Um. Uh, now I'm going to get into the more fun ones. Uh, the 2-2 two -two draws later on. Uh, Germany-Hungary. First of all, wow. Congrats, Hungary. Uh, putting a scare into a lot of teams, particularly Portugal and Germany. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the times when you see uh, a team that's lesser go goal they always park the bus just try and counter if they can uh and just really just trying to outlast them right and then that other team the the superior team scores a goal forces them not to open up but next thing you know they've got two goals games tied well what happens to tied then hungry <laughs> hungry pulls it back and that was you know great on them i know they weren't like you know it 
it was like things went perfectly for them. But Germany saving everybody in their group uh, of advancing the major players uh, of advancing into their next round by a drawing. Um, you know, it's that thing. It's like, you know, you don't want to point to the North Macedonia game, but when they lost North Macedonia and you look at how they played France, I don't think, I know a lot of people are kind of saying for uh, the France Germany game, they, they just look like they just couldn't finish, but you know, look, I don't know. It, it, I didn't think they looked terrible. I saw things that they did really, really well. And they, you know, they're, their through passing is Germany is just dang, their long passes are are a thing of beauty, man. It's they're they're incredible. Um, and uh, you know I didn't think they looked terrible against France, but against Germany or against um, Portugal they looked phenomenal. I mean they looked phenomenal. Uh, and I didn't watch a whole lot of the Germany game because let's be honest, I thought Germany was gonna win that three like three nothing. Um, you know, had the ability to do anything they were going to have a scare at all. So I was watching the the Portugal-France game only. Um, then I started watching it later on when Hungary went back up 2-1. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, in sports you kind of see opponent that you think you just take them for granted. And I think that's what happened in this situation. And I don't think Germany will let it happen again. Uh, Portugal, France was a great game. It had a lot for from a dramatic standpoint. Um, the penalty for the first penalty for Portugal that went for them, I thought was a penalty. Uh, I thought he hit the ball. You know, I though he hit the ball, I thought it was after contact. Uh, you know, I thought it was a penalty. Um, the second one for Portugal that they got with the handball definitely was a penalty. Um, the first for the first penalty for France that went in that that was an absolute makeup call. That was a terrible call. That was not a penalty. It was not even close to a penalty, and we all know that. Um, let's be let's be honest. Uh, second goal was just an incredible pass by. Uh, uh, Pogba, great run by Benzema. They changed it up last second. Incredible pass by Pogba. Uh, by the just an incredible pass. Can we just can we just great beautiful pass? Um, and you know then you mix in Portugal just fell asleep at the wheel for a second. Um, you know then they you see him kind of do the whole truce thing. They kind of Coman did try to get a penalty at the end. Could you imagine? I think they, they just are like, eh, we're good. We're just going to, even the refs and the VAR were like, we're, we're just going to say no. Um, <clears throat> so fun game. And that led to a lot of, um, that led to, uh, you know, a lot of wild finishes. So let's review who we had. Uh, Italy, Wales, who I thought initially, I thought Switzerland obviously could get in. Um, I think I even did Denmark, Belgium to start out on my predictions. Uh, Austria, Netherlands, I got, uh, funny Ukraine's in there. Uh, I thought the Czech would get into, uh, Croatia, England, I think is who I initially picked. Same with group E, I got, actually, no, I think I did Poland, Spain. So I got that one wrong. Um, 
I got group F right. Um, yeah. So let's go on to round of 16. Ooh, Saturday. Saturday, 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 Saturday. I probably get in trouble for just keep singing that. Um, first game. I am just gonna go. This is gonna be a great game. I'm very excited for this because to me, this is a, a game where. Hold on one second. Okay. Uh, this is a game to me that this is two underdogs. And the way I look at this is either way, whoever wins this, they get to go further in the tournament. So Wales, Denmark, this is a great, great game. Um, my eyes pretty even, I think Wales is better. Uh, I think they have overall talent better. Uh, Denmark plays really well though, as a team, um, Always a good defense. Um, hmm. What are you thinking, guys? Uh, this is a great game. They're pretty evenly matched, in my opinion. Um, you know, you got Denmark, who's got a, that just inspired win to get themselves into the round of 16. Um, can they put up four goals? showing that they hadn't in the first two. Um, you know, they're they're going to be playing emotionally. They're going to be playing uh, inspired. Wales, always solid, though. Always solid. Um, I'm going to go Wales. And for the betters out there, I'm going to go Wales 1-0. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go Wales 1-0. Uh, Italy, Austria, 2-1 Italy. Uh, I think Italy, like I said earlier in the earlier shows, I think Italy is just an incredible dark horse. I think people are obviously taking note of them now because of how handily they won their uh, their group. You know, it wasn't the strongest group, let's be honest, but good group nonetheless. Um or, I mean, one nonetheless. Um, I, I think Italy wins this 2-1. Austria's good, but Italy's just, they, they're, I think, just better at every position. Um, and they're always, you know, Italy. They're going to be incredibly tactical, uh, and they're going to have great defense. What else? Um, Sunday. Netherlands, Czech. Uh, I think... I think Netherlands are going to win this. I think they're a better defensive team. I think they're uh, just a better team overall. Um, I think the Czech are good. I think they're a solid team, but I, I just think they're, you know, you, you, when you get into this, once you get into these rounds of 16, like you're playing top-level teams, <clears throat> and I just don't think they're they're up to that level. They're just, I think Netherlands are just better. Uh, I see, I see 2 nothing Netherlands. Now the one I don't want to talk about. Uh, it's unfortunate for me. Uh, Belgium, who I think is an incredible favorite uh, against Portugal. Uh, 
I think they match up well because I think they both have similar styles where they want to control. Um, they're defensive. They're strong. They kind of play physical. Um, it's not like they have any burners, you know. They have good players. Uh, they're not like a team that really – how do I make this analogy? It would be like for in basketball or uh, – yeah, in basketball, like when you got like a team on your team, you're slower. You're gonna play a little more like than these athletic guys who might be on the other team. You're gonna try and slow that team down, um, and uh, just play. They're just gonna be more physical. That's kind of how I feel like both these teams play. Uh, I think Belgium's a better team, and it breaks my heart to say that because you guys know me, I'm a big Ronaldo fan. Uh, Belgium just, I think, is going to win that. I think it's going to be 2-1. I think it's going to be 2-1 Belgium. Might go to extra time, too, but I think Belgium scores late in extra time. Um, all right, that's it for soccer, a.k.a. football. On to the next, NBA. Well, I was wrong about game two, Nets Clippers. I mean, Suns Clippers, game two. Uh, I will say shouldn't have been. <laughs> So Paul George choked two free throws um, at the end of the game. He'd been playing pretty good. I don't want to say great, but he'd been playing pretty good the whole game. Uh, choked those two free throws to go up three. Uh, beautiful play drawn up by Monty Williams. Great pass Crowder. Ec- excellent execution. Um, I mean, what are you going to say? The Suns are playing great. Monty Williams is a great coach. He's coaching this team very, very well because – you know, on that team right now, I know that the Clippers are pretty depleted and the Clippers don't exactly have like any big names and the games are close. It's not like the Suns are blowing them out and the Suns are playing really, really well. But, he, you know, he he's playing with guys like Cameron, uh, Cameron Payne. Uh, he's got another guy, Johnson. I can't remember his first name for the life of me right now. But, um, you know, he's got like Jay Crowder. He's not like playing outside of Booker and... Aiton probably could get there one day. He's not there yet, but he's a good player. Um, he's a rising star. He's not a star yet. But then you got Booker, who is a star. Um, you know, outside of those two, you know, you it's a bunch of role players. They're all playing the role incredibly well. He's coaching them up well. Um, that's why I think he's a great coach. Um, and congrats to him. Um, and the Suns, I think, are going to win in forks. I think Chris Paul comes back game three. I think he's cleared. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to look right now just why I can. Um, what Kawhi's situation is. Um, but I imagine he's not playing game three. Uh, yeah, he's ruled out game three. Um, sprained his ACL. So, um, uh, I, I don't think Kawhi is coming back. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's coming back. So I think the Suns are going to sweep this. You might see a win. If they're going to win, maybe it's game three. Um, but they're going to... You know, it's funny also. Is Chris Paul essentially just got a week and a half off. And at his age, that's going to be pretty valuable. Um uh, you know, he might be a little rusty game one, but he'll get it back. Uh, he's got two games before the finals, uh, minimum. Um, you know, so I think it'll be good for him. Um, 
You know, I just think they're going to sweep them. I think they're there. They'll maybe get game three. If they win anything, it'll be game four. I think they're losing uh, tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, review of Bucks Hawks. Um, before I start with this, because I don't want it to take away from Trey Young and what I have to say about him. Uh, he does do this, but it is not just him. This is a thing in the NBA. I think Trey Young is just the best at it. Um, so I do want to make that clear right now. But the bumping when they go, and then they what he does, because I'm going to use him as an example just because he's the best at it. Um, and he, I think he, he's probably, yeah, he's the best at it. Uh, it. He'll drive, and then he will run in and lean in to the defender. And once he makes contact and bumps them with his shoulder, what you didn't, I did it to you playing. You would bump into them, and then when your foot lands, you hop, you jump backwards off the bump, and it's easier, and it looks like they hit you really, really hard and really, really far, but it's not. And if you ever review it, like you can see it, and if you you can actually see it in slow motion, or you can actually see it if you're you're looking for it, you can actually see it. You'll see the player do it, um, and. They got to get rid of it because, in my eyes, it's very similar to the shot fake and then the lean in and shoot and you get a foul. Now, that's never called either, and technically you're supposed to, but they need to get rid of it because, it's to me, it's the same criteria. Or call it an offensive foul every time because you're you're not supposed to lean into your shoulder. So it's like call it then or call it a foul. Uh, I mean, uh, or – you just don't call it at all. So if he's going to do it, like you don't call a foul regardless. Um, and what I also want to complain about too is with the refing is, I I know they weren't giving them they weren't giving them a lot throughout the game, but you got to be consistent with your calls throughout the game. So if you're going to call a physical game, and you'll see this, and this is not just in the Hawks game, uh, they did this in the Sixers, not Sixers, uh, Nets, uh, Bucks. You would see them call a pretty physical game, and then towards the end, they might get they get a little ticky tacky, and it's like if you're gonna call a physical game, be consistent with that throughout the next game. Next game, if they want to call it ticky tacky, that's fine. Players got to adjust to that game. But if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna make a decision on how you early on how you're gonna call the game, stick with it consistently. It doesn't make sense that on a play that you haven't called a foul for it five times throughout the game he does it late in the fourth and then you call it so that's that's my that's my blame with that now moving on to the bucks hawks game um i did think the bucks were going to win a game and i thought if they were going to win it would be this game um uh, I thought it would be game one, coming off of game seven, playing well. Uh, they're in a momentum. I thought they would play. Uh, now, the reason why is because Trey Young, as tiny as he is and as defensive a liability as he is, plays like a fucking god. And he played very, very good. Um, and he had a lot of free throws, but a lot of those came at the end when they were doing the foul, the you know extension of the game stuff. Um he, I think he only had like up until the last couple of minutes when they started doing that. He had like five free throws, and he was just killing it. And it wasn't from three; it's from his floater. 
He's a god, a goddamn lethal floater, and he's mastered it. And in this day and age, if it's not in the key, or if it's not a three, and you're driving, like it's it's a great move to have. Uh, is that floater? And he he's bit, he's lethal with it. Um, I don't think they're gonna win this series, but. I don't want to say it is impossible because a lot of the things they saw that worry me about the Bucks, they did against the Hawks in game one. Um, you know, I think late in the game, their half-court offense becomes very sketchy. Um, you know, it's like things like this. Like they're doing a pick and roll and... Giannis will set a screen. Chris Middleton comes off of it. And it's not like that's the bad play, but it's like their decisions with the plays are so terrible. It's like Middleton comes off that screen. He takes one dribble past the screen. You don't do that. So why? Because there's there's a defender coming right from behind you that's too quick. They're, they'll be right on you. So what does he do? And here's why. Because the screener has his defender. He's right there too. So Middleton's taking a contested 19-footer with two guys on him, essentially. One in front, one behind him, contesting the ball. That sounded pretty gay. <laughs> um, and he he thinks that's a reliable shot, or that's a great shot. And it's not. That's not what you need to be doing. So their their half court offense late in the game just worries me. It's it's kind of stagnant. Um, it's not good looks. Like they're always seeming to take contested shots, um, and that that's what worries me. Now maybe it was just a game one, you know, hangover sort of thing, where you just you're excited from that game seven, big team you just beat. You feel like you should have a home run. And then you get smacked in the face by Trey Young. Um, so I don't want to take I, look. I, I definitely think that the the Bucks should have done more um, offensively. I, I think they just they got to they got to understand they got to figure out what they want to do in the last two minutes of the game. That's what they have to figure out because the first forty six they don't have a they don't have a problem, but it's the last two minutes. They got to figure it out. Um, it's going to be a great... So we have game three tonight. I think Suns are winning. I think the Suns are going to win. Chris Paul is back. Um, you know, I'll be rooting for the Clippers, but uh, I think I think they lose tonight probably by 14. Um So I'm going to talk UFC now. Uh, main event this weekend: uh, Gane versus Volkov. You know, it's an interesting fight. Gane, for those of you who don't know, he he's you know kickboxing background, and he moves really well on his feet. You would think he's like a middleweight, um, like the way he moves. He moves really, really quick. He moves like all these middleweight, these lighter guys do. You know the. Uh, you know, a lot of heavyweights, they seemingly always seem to just plot. They seemingly always plot forward. Seemingly seem. Uh, come on, Kyle. Bonafide idiot. Um, but that's what they do where him, you know, he's on his toes. He's bouncing. He's throwing head kicks. Um, you know, that's a. 
it's an interesting fight. Uh, Volkov's got, I think, reach and power. Um, he's a big guy. I think Gon's really technical. Man, it's just a it's an interesting matchup. You know they're not going to go to the ground. Volkov could, but I just don't think he's going to. He's not great on the ground, but I think he's like decent wrestling. No. Yeah, I mean like he's decent like to hold his own, but he's like he wants to stand up sort of thing. Um All right, I think Ghana is gonna. I think Ghana, because my this is why is I let my heart sometimes pick it, and I like to go at the end. I'm gonna go Volkov. Uh, round two KO. I think Gon's just he he's gonna get a loss. He's gonna get a little wake up call because let's be honest, his last fight with Rakic. Um, or Rosenstert. I'm sorry. Rakish fought uh, Santos was his last one. Yeah. Wasn't very, wasn't very impressive. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. I I think he's going to get his first loss. Uh, you know, Rosenstruck was very hesitant in that fight. Obviously, what he changed a little bit. He, I think, uh, like I said in my uh, earlier podcast, I think the Ngannou thing got to him, and he needed that fight, last fight, to get that off his shoulders. Uh, I think he's going to lose. I think uh, Volkov's going to get the KO. Now, other fights that I just wanted... Um, to kind of point out um, that maybe you guys might want to be interested in checking out. This one's also on the main card. Um, we have uh, uh, Tim Means versus, um, well, I want to make sure I get this, Nicholas Dalby. Um, you know, Dalby, I think, is. An interesting fighter. He's a good fighter. He's coming up. Um, Tim Means, old old vet, wily vet. I think that's going to be a good fight for people to um, to watch. I think uh, the Danish Dynamite's got got some power. I think you guys are going to be. I think that's just a fight that's just a curious one for me. Um, I think he's going to be good. Uh, also. I'm not really. I know people because uh, of it's Oven Saint Peru, but I, I don't know. How to, I don't think the uh, Tanner Boser. I think Tanner Boser's good, but like, I don't think that fight's going to be very t- interesting. I think Tanner's going to win that pretty handily. Uh, but there's another one. His name's. There we go. Kennedy. Nick I'm sorry. I, I apologize if I um about mispronouncing a name. Uh, versus Danilo uh, Marquez. Now, here's why I'm interested, is if none of you remember, uh, so this kid is uh, Kennedy. Uh, he's 8-1. and one. He's a big dude. Uh, if you don't remember, his last fight was against uh, Israel Adesanya's 
uh, buddy who is a light heavyweight. This is a light heavyweight. Um, Olberg. And Olberg was, from what you would think, absolutely winning this fight. Kennedy was just marching forward, and he was taking bombs from Ulrich. Some connecting a lot, kind of like he just had it. was almost like the rope-a-dope by like Muhammad Ali, um, and he was just taking it. And then he got gassed and because you thought he had him on the ropes a few times, but he just kept marching forward. And then all of a sudden, Kennedy, it just switches, and Kennedy just starts destroying this guy, just going in. And next thing you know, he just starts Carlos uh, Carlos Olberg, and he just takes his head off. KO, done. Um, and it was a great fight. So I'm interested to see how he takes this one. Um, is he going to do something similar like that? Uh, you know, I think uh, he's an interesting fight. Um, his last loss was to Paul Craig. By submission, of course. Let's look up Paul Crick, how he do, how he's doing. Are all of his wins? Because I know he's a, just a jujitsu god, but I have never actually fully looked at his record. Because I think the last fights I've seen, he's all... won by, by submissions. No, he TKO'd uh, Rue. Um, other than that, that's it. All right. Uh, you know, hey, do any sign offs? Uh, just go buy a shirt, do something. Um, I don't really know what else to say here, but that's all I got for you, folks. Uh, enjoy and uh. 